Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. going on guys it's your boy anthony back with another edition of the fourth man thank you to everyone that's tuning in to today's episode switching things up just a little bit differently typically i kind of do two parters but today we have a another exciting interview and just couldn't pass up the opportunity to one do this in a in a different way but then two get this out before week one of the games so uh really excited for the conversation uh before we get into the interview, make sure you're following the show at Fourth Man Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikToks. You can find all, us more great content on all our social medias. If you want to watch the show and get a more visual aspect, it's youtube.com slash Fourth Man Pod. And thank you to everybody for tuning in on Dash Radio and the Nothing But Net channel. And appreciate them for giving us a platform week in and week out. And without further ado, I want to welcome in today's guest. Today we have on the founder of the Whitelist NFT. He's a Super Bowl 50 champion and now one of the majority owners of Power and Jordan Norwood. Thanks again for coming on and welcome to the show. Cool. Yeah, absolutely, Anthony. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no doubt. I'm really excited about this. I was telling you this beforehand that typically we have a lot of players on and we've had a few coaches on, which is always an honor. But I haven't had the chance to speak with an owner yet, one, because this is new to the league, but two, um, you know, everyone's really busy. So I really appreciate the time. And uh, I, I kind of want to start with a backstory of how I recognize your name first off. So it's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, interesting, maybe coincidence. I don't know how to put it, but uh, essentially you had the longest punt return in, in Super Bowl history back in Super Bowl 50 when you guys won against the Panthers. So a good friend of mine is actually, uh, his cousin is Mario Addison, who plays for, played for the Panthers at the time, uh, was kind of still getting his feet wet within the NFL. Um, so everything he did was obviously a huge accomplishment. Like we, you know, we watched him from being undrafted free agent to getting a chance to play in the Super Bowl. And when you were returning the punt, uh, you know, he's the one that actually made the tackle on you. Uh, and they kind of showcased that he sprinted from one length of the field into the other. <laughs> and obviously you had a record setting uh, play right there. But for us, we were just kind of like, uh, we were super excited and pumped that Mario got the opportunity and recognition of like doing something great on a, on a bigger platform, especially something like the Super Bowl. So kind of a weird story. So when I heard your name pop up um, uh, with the whitelist and acquiring power, I was like, uh, kind of weird how the world is so small. And like, you just recognize that instantly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's wild. Um, <clears throat> what a story, man. I mean, I know the name Addison also because... <laughs> Uh, you know, my friends don't let it let me live it down that, um, you know, somebody over 300 pounds ran me down on a, on a punt return. But no, nah, I mean, like, you know, that was incredible effort by him. He was moving and I definitely wouldn't block him if I was out there either. Yeah, obviously the bigger story, is, you know, the play that you made and you guys got the, the ring and everything. And I, I, you know, obviously NFL guys are extremely athletic regardless of how much they weigh. I mean, the guy used to be quarterback and, and defensive end uh all in high school growing up in college so uh everyone's super athletic but uh 
anyways, wanted to bring up that backstory. I, I really want to start with kind of your playing days in the NFL and kind of the latter half of your playing days in the NFL. So you actually played in the NFL from 2009 to 2016. I already mentioned that you won a Super Bowl in 2015, which I'm sure is probably the highlight of your NFL career. Uh, but ultimately, um, you decided to retire um, 2016, 27, around the time you're like 29, 30 years old, which is kind of the prime of most players' career. You obviously are doing a lot of good things with the Broncos and, and uh, had, a, had a good tenure there. What kind of led to your decision to retire at the time in 2017? And did it have anything to do with, you know, this project with the whitelist? Uh, what a good question, man. Um, so, yeah, played played eight years, um, bounced around quite a bit. I was undrafted um, like your buddy and, and just bounced around, grinded, got hurt quite a bit. Uh, started off in Cleveland and then ended up in Denver. <clears throat> uh, got to Denver in 2014. Uh, had a great time in Denver, obviously won a Super Bowl, got to play with Peyton Manning and, and Demarius Thomas, uh, rest in rest peace. In peace. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I just had an incredible time in Denver, uh, played out one contract, uh, got another one-year deal. And then after that one-year deal, uh, it, was, it just felt like time. I mean, eight years is a long time in the NFL. Um, I think the average career uh, at the time was about three and a half years. Um, so I was, you know, I was grateful and thankful to have played, you know, two or three years, much less eight. Um, so still had my health, still had, or relatively my health, um, you know, only a couple surgeries. So, um, yeah, it, it, it just felt like time. I was, my family was growing. I had just got married. Uh, we had a little girl, had a little boy on the way. Um, uh, so yeah, my, my contract ended and I hit my agent up and asked him not to call me anymore. Um, he still called me <laughs> but, <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah he, he let me know about a, a couple more opportunities but it, it was good that he let me know because it, it kind of solidified that um, I was like no I'm good um, you know we decided to stay in stay put in Denver as a family and um, yeah I mean so it didn't have anything to do with um, NFTs or Web3 or crypto or anything at the time. Wow no that's incredible I mean I think the biggest thing is being able to leave on your own accord right and be able to retire uh, you know whenever you feel like it so it's really cool that you're able to do that um settle down in a place like denver as well but then also too like a big accomplishments winning the super bowl getting a second contract i think is a huge milestone in itself so you know kudos on, on a fantastic nfl career and, and what of like a uh you know a next journey in a sense that you've had up to this point so far i mean with the whitelist you know you started the whitelist in October of 2021, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've actually, based on an interview I read uh, kind of on the internet, you actually have been in crypto for a while and one of the one of the early developers of the crypto space and, and blockchain. Um, how did you kind of get into all of this up front and what um, initially, you know, back in 2016 when there wasn't a lot of faith in it, why did you have um, so much faith in it to really want to invest yourself into it? Uh, yeah, I mean, another, another good question. I mean, um, yeah, so 2016 was towards the end of my NFL career. Um, I actually first got introduced to Bitcoin specifically in like 2013. Um, you know, somebody had hit me up about, you know, investing in Bitcoin, you know, tried to explain to me what it is, was still just kind of abstract to me at that point. Um, but I remember vividly um, having the opportunity to invest um, 
a good amount of money in Bitcoin or invest a good amount of money in some racehorses. Uh, and guess which one I did. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, anyways, that was, that was 2013. Um, I did not invest in Bitcoin um, or, or look further into it. Uh, so by the time 2016 rolled around um, and, you know, I was kind of reintroduced to crypto and Bitcoin and, um, you know, Ether and all that, um, my perspective was, you know, I was ready. <laughs> I, I was ready to, to make the right decision and learn more about it. Uh, picked up some books, um, you know, watched the YouTube videos, um, all of that. And just, you know, like a lot of people do, once you, once you learn about uh, crypto and specifically blockchain is, is what it is, blockchain technology and smart contracts and, um, and all of that, you kind of, you know, you fall in love with the technology and, and realize how, it's, how it can change the world. Yeah, most definitely. I think trying to do that myself, I'm, I think I'm kind of like you in the sense my, my cousin's actually been in the space for a while and always like to bring up the point now as I ask him questions as I'm trying to educate myself a little bit more. You know, I told you about back in 2016, 2017, it's, it's like, yeah, yeah, I remember like, you know, don't remind me kind of thing. But, you know, now really trying to invest myself a little bit more, one, because of the prominence of it, but two, because of how, how much, you know, but the league I love, the big three is involved with it right now. And, um, you know, with the, I want to start with the whitelist here. So how did this project come about? Was this something where you had made a few investments already, or you kind of educated yourself in preparation to be able to do a project? How did this come about um, with you and your brother? Yeah. So, so this is something that, um, you know, I got in, I, I mean, obviously been in crypto for a while, but I uh, didn't get into really the NFT side of things until uh, actually about a year ago, I guess, um, okay. this time last year, uh, July uh, last year, 2021. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really something as I moved around the space and, and saw what was happening, um, you know, I just I just felt like, you know, a cool NFT could could be in the form of a membership. Um, you know, you look at Board Ape Yacht Club and, um, you know, other kind of profile picture projects that are accompanied by this social membership that just carries its own weight uh, and people want to be a part of, um, you know, I thought that could be cool. I thought it could be cool to, to track down some of my favorite artists uh, from other NFT projects that I had invested in, uh, bring them on board, uh, you know, track down some of my, you know, former, uh, you know, athlete friends and teammates and colleagues and, uh, you know, see if they wanted to be involved. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's how the whitelist ACES collection came about. Um, you know, the word ACES stands for access. And that's, you know, that's kind of the, um, the motive behind what we do as a membership is uh, providing access to our members to uh, sports experiences, uh, events, ticketing, uh, you know, kind of VIP experiences within sports, um, and then also within travel. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just been been a whirlwind. Um, you know, you, you, you talk about the Super Bowl and how exciting that was. Uh, and it was, um, but you know, mint day for us, uh, which is when we sell all of our NFTs. That was a right. pretty exciting day for us too. So um, yeah, just just an incredible experience. I've met so many cool people along the way, and um, yeah, I mean, you, you know, we said you know maybe one day we'll be able to own a, a sports franchise, and um, you know, we thought maybe that would be two or three years from now, or even five years from now. But um, you know, this opportunity kind of presented itself, and it was a perfect fit. Definitely. Yeah, but I want to talk about the uh, public mint, and that's a great way to segue into it. I mean, you guys sold out 10,000 NFTs within minutes, 
hours. Uh, you talk about the Super Bowl being like a highlight, um, just maybe of, of your life, but then you have this moment. I, I mean, I guess talk about the comparisons of, of those two different highlights of, of your life, but then too, like, can you take us back to the moment of just like when all that's happening, the mint's happening and, and you're seeing all the, you know, everything come into fruition like this? Right. I mean, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's such, it's such a crazy space and it's a brand new space. <laughs> Um, and it, and the NFT space that is, and it mm-hmm. just moves a thousand miles per hour. So uh, we minted on January 31st and uh, minting is basically uh, the opportunity for customers to um, buy the NFTs uh, directly out of a smart contract, which, you know, just sounds like random words, I'm sure. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's basically the, the day when things go on sale for us. So we, we had 10,000 NFTs for sale. Uh, which is basically 10,000 memberships to our uh, club. And um, yeah, like you said, they, they sold out really quickly. Uh, the anticipation was awesome. I mean, with the weeks building up, you know, you kind of get the sense. You're like, I, I think this is going to go really well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to sell out. Um, and, and really, I mean, most of what it is, is, is a fundraise, right? I mean, right. we have some overhead or a lot of overhead. We have artists. Uh, we have 30 artists on the team. We have, you know, a team of multiple, I think, six or eight developers. Um, We have the actual marketing team. We have uh, legal counsel. So there's a lot of people involved that uh, were kind of those overhead costs. But uh, the idea was to put as much uh, capital as we could into a a community wallet that, um, you know, we could when opportunities like this uh, with the big three pop up, we could, you know, we could jump in on it. And um, so by selling out, we were able to. Um, you know, put a little war chest together that, uh, you know, when this opportunity presented itself, we could jump on it. Yeah, so I'm sure you understand the <laughs> the insane timeline that's occurred probably since like like years before. But let's just start from like October when of last year when you were starting to create everything. You have the sellout. Now a few months later, you guys are the majority owners of Power and the Big Three. Uh, <laughs> let's start with like how the opportunity of being able to own a team uh, came about, like with the big three, because I know that there was a, obviously a few other owners on board. Um, there's just a few teams left, but I don't think people like, and I, I've said this on a lot of recent episodes, because I'm trying to reemphasize the point, like to be able to buy a team at such a low entry point, like 625K is a lot of money or however much it is for total for the 25 buyer tiers. But like, that's such a low entry point for a professional sports team in comparison to what people buy teams today for. So how did the uh, opportunity come about? And, you know, what were the discussions like um, ultimately for you guys to be like, yeah, let's do this thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, so the, the way we got into the conversation was, um, I mean, obviously we saw that the, the big three was, um, you know, coming out with these ownership NFTs. Uh, like you said, the fire tier NFTs are the ones that you need for, um, you know, the real ownership, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, I mean, at that point, you know, we, you know, talked to, talked amongst ourselves as a team and we were like, you know, I mean, we got, we got to do this. Like, you know, <laughs> we, we, we have, we have the capital in, um, you know, our community treasury, um, you know, was it, what is it sitting for if it's not for an opportunity like this? Um, and, you know, I mean, my older brother played in the final four. Uh, he's, he's still playing basketball overseas. 
mm-hmm. uh, my, my co-founder on this. So, um, so, so basketball is, is deep in our, um, in our family blood. I played basketball in college. I played uh, football and basketball at Penn State. So uh, we are, we're basketball heads, we're sneaker heads. Uh, part of the reason my brother wears number five is Katino Mobley. Um, oh, wow. So it's, I mean, it, it just, it just all seemed to fit. Um, and in terms of how we got into the conversation with the big three, um, my younger brother, who's also an athlete, he played football and basketball at Baylor University. Um, he was a teammate of Isaiah Austin's um, okay. at Baylor. So, um, and coincidentally, I also know Isaiah through um, an internship that I did after, after I was done playing uh, with the NFL while he did an internship with the NBA. So okay. uh, anyways, we, we crossed paths and um, I hit Isaiah up and, you know, it was like, hey, is there anybody at the big three that you can connect me with, um, you know, to talk through these NFTs we want in, um, you know, and, and so he connected me with, with somebody at the big three. Um, you know, we, we were at the time and still are, you know, one of the smaller, uh, lesser known NFT communities. Um, in terms of the other communities that purchase teams. Um, so we, ha- we kind of had to fight and claw our way into the conversation. Uh, you know, we were dead set on, um, you know, mostly because Isaiah's, you know, my boy um, mm-hmm. or a friend of mine, um, you know, we wanted to be a part of the enemies. We wanted to support him personally. Um, and that, you know, that kind of went to a, a bigger community or a bigger group of, group of individuals that kind of swooped in and stole it. So... Um, you know, at that point, we kind of went back and we're like, you know, do we still want to do this? Uh, does it make sense? Should we still go after it? And, you know, the more we thought about it, the more it just, you know, perfectly fit with with what we wanted to do as a community um, and as a team. So we just kept plugging along. Um, you know, the power became available, uh, which was basically, you know, who we wanted at, at that point. Um, you know, Katino um, is somebody that, um, you know, I grew up watching him along with Steve Francis. So, um, yeah, it just, we just kind of kept plugging along and, and made it happen. Yeah. I, I, that's really cool. Like, you know, I was honestly surprised that power, even like, even teams like trilogy and three headed monsters, some of the, the staples or pioneers of this league, OGs of this league that were still available, but like power is, I felt like, I feel like one of the more beloved teams, or at least I thought, and then maybe they still are, maybe it was just, you know, different reasons why people went with other teams, but they have such a good culture that they've set. You know, obviously Nancy Lieberman's the first woman ever to coach a men's professional team and then goes on to win a championship and just such good people in place. I have a power jersey behind me because of Corey Maggetti, who I really liked playing. Tino, I don't know how he continues to do it, but even at his age, still uh, can still serve buckets at a high rate. Um, and then they, you know, they mix up their team a little bit and they got the number one pick with Glenn Rice. So I'm, I'm really excited about what's, what's to come for power. And I feel like they're always a contender. Uh, in, in terms of like the big three and your knowledge of it before speaking with Isaiah, um, and I know you guys are basketball heads, but how much did you know about the league? Is this something that you've kind of watched from afar and been able to see develop over the past few years? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that I, w- I would watch for, from afar. Um, you know, I think, I think my, you know, I think somebody in my family, maybe my dad and brother, um, younger brother went to, uh, you know, a, a session in uh, Oklahoma City, maybe okay. uh, years ago. I mean, that probably would have been three or four years ago now. But, um, but yeah, so I've, I've known about the league, watched it here and there, um, you know, definitely followed many of the players 
Um, I mean, shoot, I've played AAU basketball in Maryland and at Lake Clifton High School in Baltimore. I would see, um, you know, older than me, Jarrett Jack, you know, um, and I mean, tons of players and several of them in the big three specifically haven't gone through the NBA uh, to get there, like James White also. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I mean, it's just, I mean, it is an incredible opportunity um, to, you know, feel like a part of a, a league with individuals that obviously are playing at the highest level of basketball. Um, but for the time being individuals that, you know, I grew up watching, um, you know, maybe just a few years older than me or some of them younger than me, but, um, you know, guys that I, you know, would have loved to have played alongside, um, you know, in college or high school or AAU at some point. Um, so I just, you know, I'm excited, very excited, actually. <laughs> yeah. And one thing you mentioned earlier is that you're, you know, you're trying to get some of your, your colleagues or peers uh, from other uh, professional professional leagues, mostly the NFL, um, involved within some things that you're doing right now. And you were able to get some different guys that currently play in the NFL or used to play in the NFL uh, involved in this acquisition or majority ownership of power. And Randy Gregory was obviously the big one that started with, but then Joe Hayden, Alan Lazar, to keep to leave. Uh, I guess talk to me about, you know, how you got you got them involved you know what were kind of the conversations were they already interested and then are you planning to add more people to this acquisition and bring more people you know into this this ownership uh yeah so i mean it's been really cool i mean as far as the whitelist aces collection goes uh by itself we already have you know several athletes involved so they're they're kind of involved in the same fashion um as akeem and joe hayden and those guys uh, like TJ Ward and um, Max Garcia is a player for the New York Giants that um, is involved with with our um, with our membership already. But um, yeah, just just honestly, a, an attempt to add more star power to our um, to our proposal to the big three that they should, um, you know, let us let us get in. Um, and and those guys are super easy. I mean, hitting up a key and saying, hey, any interest in, uh, you know, the big three? yeah say less Jordan just put my name down um you know we'll, we can work out the details later so um you know it's it's awesome to have um you know awesome individuals like Akib and Joe Hayden uh, both of which I played with um and then Alan and, and Randy are guys that uh, my agent actually um represents also uh, so okay. that was kind of my kind of my line of contact to those guys and um you know I'm excited to get to know them more and um, you know, excited to, you know, sit courtside with them or up in an owner's suite and uh, yeah. you know, hang out and, and, and watch our squad beat up on some beat up on triplets and you know, three headed monsters and everybody, hopefully. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Um, this is something I thought about a lot, you know, before before this interview and in, in the in the sense of like, I think for a while. So the big three recently, they started a couple of years ago or a couple. Yeah, a couple of years ago with um, doing open tryouts. And a lot of that is to find kind of those diamonds in the rough of guys who can hoop, but maybe they're not prominent names. But I think to give other athletes from other sports the opportunity to potentially play professional basketball in this level. And I think for the long time, for a long time, the big three really, just from the outside looking in, seemed like the big three really wanted to try to add other pro athletes, but like so other NFL players into this league and be able to play in this league. But in a sense, you guys have kind of, with your community, have been able to kind of bridge that gap of big three to NFL and kind of expand upon 
um, the communities that the big three is working with, you know, with current and former NFL um, alumni guys. Have you kind of thought about the significance of, especially, and maybe you haven't yet because, you know, maybe like 20 years down the road when the big three is really big, you'll think about the significance, but have you thought about the potential impact that you guys are having um, tying in um, what you guys are doing with the whitelist and the NFL to the big three? And then, uh, you know, where do you think can come in terms of like ideas from, you know, from your community, uh, you know, to power in the big three? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's such a such an incredible opportunity that the the big three has. I mean, like you said, to, whether that's interacting with individuals that play other sports or, you know, just the open tryouts in general, um, you know, that even it even sparked the mind of my brother who's, you know, he's playing overseas in Manila. Uh, we're black and Filipino. He's, he's been in the Philippines for 15 years now playing and, you know, had this conversation happen five years earlier. I bet he'd be on a plane out here to to go to that open tryout. Um, and he's, you know, a great basketball player. He, like I said, went to the final four with George Mason uh, back in the oh, day. Wow. Mm -hmm. Cinderella story. Um, but he's, he's played against a bunch of the guys in the big three right now. Glenn Rice Jr. Uh, was out in the Philippines playing, I think, a year ago. Um, so it, it's just an incredible opportunity for guys to continue their athletic career. And, you know, whether that's somebody coming over from football that, um, you know, is an incredible athlete and, and played maybe football and basketball in college even, um, you know, it, it presents those opportunities. And, you know, and that entertainment values there too. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's a quicker game. Um, you know, guys can, can play obviously deeper into their age uh, and deeper into their athletic careers. So uh, it's, just, it's just an incredible league. Um, obviously, the three on three game is different, too. I mean, um, you know, you got you can have guys that, um, you know, have had 10 year careers in the NF NBA um, or you can have guys that didn't play in the NBA at all that are, you know, just as capable and just as um, just as much as a threat in on the court um, in the big three game. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredibly exciting as far as, you know, what is going to look like 20 years from now? You know, is there going to be some impact on? Um, you know, the whitelist aces bringing, uh, you know, NFL eyes into the big three. Um, who knows? I mean, you know, I, I haven't thought about I haven't definitely haven't thought about it from a, the actual athlete standpoint um, and NFL guys potentially playing in the big three. Um, but there's, you know, pro sports is funny because, I mean, NFL guys think they should be in the NBA and, um, you know, NBA yeah. guys think they could play in the NFL and, you know, all, all, it's, it's just funny the way the way that always happens. So maybe this is a, a you know, an opp another opportunity for guys to switch sports a little bit. Yeah, I just like the um, collaboration. I think of I think the big three hasn't really had the opportunity, or maybe the NPA hasn't seen as an opportunity to collaborate with what the big three is doing. So to see like you know guys from the NFL looking at this um, and seeing an opportunity because of the, the success that the league has had so far. I think is really cool. And I think, you know, you guys at the whitelist are, are kind of, you know, pioneering that, you know, you're, you're blazing that trail a little bit. And ultimately I'm excited to see how that looks in 20 years. Uh, I've been asking this a lot in terms of utilities. It seems like a lot of the communities are really excited to be able to serve a team or serve individual players on the team, not serve, but maybe that's the wrong word, but be able to help out in some different aspects. And, um, and that same sentiment, you know, there's different utilities that can be provided to the rest of the community. Do you have any, 
you know, I guess initial ideas of uh, uh, maybe for you or the community um, now having the majority ownership of power in terms yeah, of utilities? Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, most of that um, we're looking to directly pass through to our community, you know, mm -hmm. whether that's, um, you know, looking for opera, I mean, growing our merchandise store that has, you know, power um, collaborating with uh, the Whitelist Aces merchandise, uh, which we're hoping to roll out here in the next week or so. Um, and, and those, and, you know, parts of that revenue will go directly to our community wallet. Um, so give us more opportunities down the road to, um, you know, expand whatever that, whatever opportunities pr present themselves. So uh, there's that, there's, you know, we already have the list going of people who are, you know, ready to go to games in Chicago, uh, you know, put their power shirts on and, um, you know, sit in the owner's section um, as a part of the whitelist, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, it, the list goes on. I mean, you know, if we, if the, if the power wins it all and, and we get, you know, 20 plus um, championship rings, then, you know, we'll figure out ways to, to get them to some of our community too, which will be uh, incredible. Um, I'll definitely keep one for myself, but um, <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it'll be a really cool, really cool deal. I mean, and even just seeing our, uh, our NFTs on the jerseys there, um, you know, as they set up to play this Sunday um, is going to be really cool for our community that's, you know, in Manila or, or Barcelona or Germany to be able to turn on, you know, the Dazzin stream or the CBS stream and, you know, feel a part of the team. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's super exciting. You're so calm about it, but I, I feel like I'd be going, I would just, I don't know, I, my mind would be exploded, just like the journey to get here, but like just how fast everything has being able to uh, to come about it's so, so cool all right um before we wrap up i gotta ask you a little bit about the team um you know specifically about you know what's what the team's looking like and then obviously the week one matchup against tri-state but what do you like about the squad so far you've touched on katina mobley touched on the number one pick in glenn rice jr who I mean, maybe Isaiah can tell you for himself, but I feel like there's a big target on his back because he's the number one pick <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but what do you like about the team so far? They they made an adjustment, adding a new co-captain and Nicholas Schizophilly. I'm, I'm going to work on that throughout the season, that name. Um, bringing back Royce White. And then they added Nancy's son, TJ Klein. But what do you think about the team overall? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it all stems from Nancy and Katina, to be Definitely. honest. Um, I mean, I love the leadership. Um, I mean, so far I've had calls with Katina, I've had calls with Nancy, and I just love their approach to the game of basketball. I mean, you know, they're, they're game planning. Uh, they were, I mean, we were fortunate enough to have them send us the game plan. Um, and I think they felt comfortable. Nancy felt comfortable because, um, you know, I am, a, I am a former professional athlete and along with my brother, you know, we know how to keep those things private for sure um, so so I, it's, it's just encouraging to see how much they're preparing um and how much um you know they want they want to win games that's that's the name of the game right everybody wants to win but um you know they're doing the, the things behind the scenes to uh, you know to make sure that the players are in the best position to make that happen so um also obviously excited about glenn rice jr uh royce white also um i'm actually visiting family in minnesota right now and oh, nice. uh, I'm gonna gonna tr try to connect with with Royce. I didn't I didn't realize that he's running for office uh, of some sort here in in Minnesota. So um, I'll see if I can connect with him in person. But um, yeah, just just super exciting. I mean, I think uh, again, like I mentioned, I think that three on three basketball in general 
Um, and it's, it's, it's specifically fireball. It's, it's a different, um, it's a different game than five on five. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if you can, if you can play three on three, you can play five on five. Um, but there's, there's different tactics, there's different game planning. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the team that's put together right now is set up to have those, those role players, um, you know, win, win ball games, to be frank. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, uh, I think Nancy has really set the bar high, and Katina as well. And, and when Corey was there, I think so as well. But like they just set the bar high in terms of preparation, um, the culture. Like one thing Corey McGetty told me is that they always used to go out to eat after games, and so they just set a good standard for the league. And I think they've they've set the bar high, um, you know, for teams now in 2022. And then uh, last thing I want to touch on here: first game is this week, this Sunday. You guys are playing Tri State. Uh, Tri-State's looking like a pretty solid squad. They were the number one seed last year, made a few adjustments, but I think they made a few adjustments for the better, in quite honesty. Um, I recently uh, just released another episode where I actually picked power to win. 51 to 49 is my prediction. You know, most games go to 50, but everyone has to win by two. And I'm kind of thinking like the scenario is Tri-State's at 49, power's at 48, and then Someone like Katino hits a three or Glenn Rice Jr. hits a three or something. That's kind of my, and uh, for me, it's like, I, I, I hate to try to count out power. Like they, they always prove otherwise, whether, you know, they are a loaded team or if they've had an injury riddled season, like they just seem to always come about. But uh, what are your thoughts on the matchup? And I'm sure you're feeling pretty good at it now. Just like, you know, recommend you know now having the game plan and stuff and understanding how to approach it or they're going to approach it <laughs> right I mean I, I feel great about it um you know given given what I've seen on the back end here um and, it, and it's kind of cool because um you know there there is the the power and tri-state conversation um in the x's and o's in the basketball um but my community is like oh we're playing against the moonbirds it's you know it's, <laughs> it, it's a it's a you know so that's the nft community that i love um, that that um you know purchased the the fire nfts for tri-state so mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's pretty cool i mean um i mean obviously we're we're expecting and hopeful to win to win the basketball game but um you know it, it's it's just been great so far connecting with nancy and uh you know hopping on the phone with her and, and hearing you know her perspective on on basketball and you know how it relates to um or how the team relates to ownership and you know, it, it's just been great. And I, and I expect nothing but an incredible effort. Um, you know, we want to, we want to win every game as an athlete, you know, that's, you know, that's almost given, but, yeah. um, you know, I, I just think that the incredible leadership of, you know, Katino and Nancy, you know, puts us in a position, especially in game one to be more ready to just be more ready than our yeah. opponent, I think. So, um, so we'll see, we're excited, obviously. <laughs> I didn't even think about it from the NFT space, which shows like the the novice in me um, <laughs> as I'm working into it. But I am excited to see the chatter um, on Twitter between you know, the Moonbirds and the whitelist uh, members. I'm sure that's that's going to be a whole nother like uh, like they have. I can't even think of the word, but like they like basketball Twitter. Um, so now we're going to have like big three <laughs> NFT space Twitter or whatever the case may be. But I, I love the the fact that people are like talking and. I'm expecting some more trash talk come the weekend. But uh, Jordan, I really just want to say thank you for the time. I really appreciate it. This has been a very fun conversation for me and to hear your perspective. Um, again, I want to say congrats on now being the majority owners of power and lucking on a good team after seven teams were already um, bought. 
and best of luck to you and the whitelist and, and, and power this weekend um, against Tri-State. Cool. Yeah, thanks a lot, Anthony. I appreciate you having me. And um, yeah, I'll, we'll see if your prediction comes true, man. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. See you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.